All right, welcome to episode 65 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Jadon. Special episode for you guys today. We're going to go two individual segments with Spencer and I. So me on the first half, talking Braves, Falcons, Hawks, and some local stuff, including Georgia Southern football. Then Spencer on the second half, going to rail on the NBA and the Hawks specifically. Uh, first, before we get started to episode 65, I want to tell you guys about Coach's Corner in Savannah. Coach's Corner in Savannah is our title sponsor. You can find them at 3016 East Victory Drive. Call them at 912-352-2933 or visit them at coaches.net. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' NASCAR show with Brandon Bain, as well as the coach and the AD with Carl DeMossi and Chad Griffin on Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings uh, and Wednesday night for the NASCAR Rubbin' and Grubbin' show. When you go to Coach's Corner, tell John Henderson, the owner, tell your server that the Hot Grits podcast sent you and they'll take care of you. They'll give you a special discount over there. 912-352-2933-3016 East Victory Drive. Coach's Corner in Savannah. We love them. We appreciate them. You guys go show them love. All right. Episode 65 of the Hot Grits podcast. Let's get it. My name is Van Johnson. I'm 67, made up the city of Savannah. I'm pro go band. Let's go. That's all we need. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, hits like me, just like me. Nah. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, hits like me, just like me. Nah. Okay, welcome in episode 65 Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Jadon. I'll be solo on the first half. You'll have Spencer Maddox solo on the second half. For episode 65 of HGP. Thank you guys for listening in and thank you guys for subscribing, following, doing all that good stuff. Um, and we'll tell you how specifically to do that later on in the show, as always. Uh, first, I'm going to talk to you guys about the Braves uh, and their struggles. As I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, the Braves are 12 and 16, heading into a three game set with Washington. Then they'll have Philly than Toronto, but right now the Braves 12 and 16, not great. They have a minus 16 run differential. Uh, that's second worst in the National League behind only the league worst Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, and the Braves have a lot of problems. They, there's a lot of a lot of things that need fixing with this team. Uh, namely, I think I mean you can go to the bullpen, you can go to the pitching. Uh, Brave starters 5.3 ERA, relievers 4.72. ERA uh, and in the last 12 games, the Braves five and seven. They have a 5.22 ERA. Um, it, it's not great pitching wise, but for me, the the main problem has got to be the trio of Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Ozuna, and Dansby Swanson. Um, Ozuna 204 batting average, Swanson 202, Freeman 216. Now Freddie Freeman does have seven homers, 18 ribeyes, still has 19 walks. Um, but Azuna, Swanson, Freeman, the, the, that trio for me, wh- whatever the Braves do, good or bad, none of it, none of it is going to be sustainable without Azuna and Freeman, right? So if the pitching comes around, Freddie Freeman and Marcelo Azuna still are going to have to hit, certainly better than right at the Mendoza line for the Braves to be a playoff team. Tuesday afternoon, before they start their three-game set with Washington, they have a 43% playoff odds percentage. They have a 43% chance making the playoffs, according to baseball reference. Um, Certainly not as high as what Braves fans thought it might be one month into the season. Um, but, But again, I think if Ozuna, Freeman, Swanson aren't hitting, 
if they're hitting 216 Freeman, 202 Swanson, 204 Azuna, the, the Braves aren't going to win. So regardless of what happens with the pitching, Max and the pitching is a concern. Don't get me wrong. Max Freed comes back this week. Uh, hopefully he'll sustain the rotation. Waskar Yanoa has been good, service, more than serviceable for the Braves. Um, Charlie Morton, eh, he's been okay. But Drew Smiley's been awful. Bryce Wilson is not an option for the Braves rotation. I mean, that's clear as day now, I think. Um, and Mike Soroka right now, nowhere to be found. So I don't know what the Braves pitching is going to do or what the plan is, but it's clear that either way, they're going to have to hit their way out of this, I think, at some point. And it's going to start with Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, and Dansby Swanson, especially now with Travis Darno out. Travis Darno, go, 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 go. The Braves catcher now out with a torn ligament in his thumb, so that moves Swanson up in the lineup, theoretically. Albies and Riley are hitting, thank God. If they weren't hitting, who knows where the Braves would be right now. Um, Ronald Acuna has cooled off since his hot start, but he was still the April player of the month. So there are guys in the lineup hitting. You need the three guys, especially the two guys of Freeman and Ozuna. You need those guys to be at least somewhat close to what they were last year. Even if they're not leading the league in homers like Ozuna did, I think, last year, or winning the MVP like Freeman did. Even if they're not that, they can't be hitting 206 or 216 as Freeman is and 204 as Marcelo Ozuna is. Marcelo Ozuna has 12 walks this season. He has 29 strikeouts. How about this? Dansby Swanson, 7 walks, 34 strikeouts. Dansby Swanson has 7 walks and 34 strikeouts. That gets you a 270 on base. Not great. Not great from the Braves' everyday shortstop, and it looks more and more like that long-term deal that Swanson's hoping to get soon ain't coming his way from Atlanta anytime soon, especially if he's hitting 202 with the 270 on base percentage. All right, a um, couple more things on the Braves, and then we'll move on. I wanted to talk to you guys about this Aaron Rodgers thing too. Um, Braves, I thought this was interesting. In, in wins, Braves have allowed an on-base percentage of 260 in their wins. In their losses, Teams are getting on base at a 462 clip. So that's 200 points difference right there. Now, it's not rocket science that if you let the other team on base, they're probably going to score runs and you're probably going to lose more often than not. There you go. There's some baseball hard-hitting analysis for you. Um, But, you know, that's drastic. 462 in losses opposing on base percentage, 262 in wins. So that's clear as day what... What the problem is, I think, on the pitching side. Um, All right, let's take a break real quick, and then we will talk about Aaron Rodgers, Terry Bradshaw, and what is going on with that saga. Okay, you guys already know about John Carr Real Estate in Savannah. John Carr is one of our biggest sponsors, one of our most loyal sponsors and listeners, and he is slinging houses right now. 912-228-0916. Call John Carr today if you want to buy or sell real estate in the Savannah area. Find him on Facebook at John Carr Real Estate. Listen to these numbers. John has sold over $6 million worth of homes in the last calendar year, and he'd love the opportunity to help Hot Grids podcast listeners do the same in the Savannah area. Right now, he's offering a discount on listing fees for any listener of the Hot Grids podcast, so call him today. Tell him the Hot Grids podcast sent you and get started on your way to buying a house in the Savannah area. 
916-912-228-0916. John Carr Real Estate in Savannah. Tell them the Hot Grits Podcast sent you. All right, let's get back to it and talk about a little Aaron Rodgers controversy as well as some football talk. Okay, welcome back. Episode 65, Hot Grits Podcast. Travis Jordan here. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, I'm recording this, and I want to talk to you guys about what's trending right now uh, in front of me on my laptop. It's the Aaron Rodgers controversy and and the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers wanting out of that organization. Uh, Who could blame him? Right now, Terry Bradshaw seems to be trending on Twitter because of some comments that he's made about Rodgers and about that whole scenario. Um, You know, Bradshaw, you know, not surprisingly, Bradshaw is tough on Rodgers, like many of these old quarterbacks are and many of these old timers are. But Bradshaw took it to another level today. Pretty funny. You got to check out the video if you haven't seen it yet. Um, Bradshaw calls Rodgers weak um, and says the Packers should let him cry if he is threatening to leave the Packers organization. Uh, Bradshaw thinks that they should let him cry and that the whole situation makes Rodgers look weak. But here's the thing, is that Bradshaw never had to deal with what Rodgers is having to deal with. Bradshaw was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, an organization that was clearly built on winning, an organization that was clearly uh, a winner during Bradshaw's time there because of the players around Bradshaw. I mean, also because of the quarterback, but because of the players around him. Rodgers has done this on his own. This is the three-time MVP, a Super Bowl champ, and the Packers seem uninterested in getting him any sort of help at all. So who could blame the quarterback for wanting to leave? Who could blame Aaron Rodgers for wanting to leave? Well, I'll tell you who Terry Bradshaw could, I guess. Um, I'm on Rodgers' side on this whole thing. And I'll go a step further. I think Rodgers had a front row seat for how the Packers treated Brett Favre down the stretch of his career. If anyone knows the way the Packers treat quarterbacks and star players, franchise players, down the stretches of their career, it's Aaron Rodgers. He got a front row seat for it. He watched it as it happened, as the Packers fumbled the entire Brett Favre situation. They're doing the same thing now with Aaron Rodgers. It seems like Rodgers is the one that learned from the Brett Favre saga, uh, and the Packers have clearly not learned from it. They're doing it all over again. That makes sense, and I'm on Rodgers' side on this one. If the player sees that the organization is clearly moving on from him and clearly not invested in winning in what little years he has left. Good riddance. Yeah, I mean, I would say say all, say all you want if you're Aaron Rodgers. Get yourself out of Green Bay at all costs. I, I don't blame him at all. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think they're going to fire a GM, as some people have speculated. But if I'm Rodgers, yeah, make all the noise you want and get out of Green Bay or else get some help. Convince them to get you some help. The Falcons got some help in the NFL draft. They drafted Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida, number four overall. I liked the pick. I, I thought they would go quarterback at some point in the draft, but they never did. That, after picking Kyle Pitts, it was a lot of secondary, um, a lot of linemen on both sides, um, and a wide receiver in the seventh. I wasn't too high on the Falcons draft after Kyle Pitts, but I think Kyle Pitts does enough to save them um, from any bad draft grades, which I know is is what every Falcons fan is worried about, what their draft grade is. Um, all right, uh, I want to talk to you guys, give you guys a Hawks watch before we move on to Spencer and what his takes are. I'm sure he's going to rail on LeBron James pretty good. 
But before we do, I want to tell you guys about Buley Oaks Home Improvement. Buley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah. Call Tony today and tell him the Hot Crafts Podcast sent you for any work you need done on your house. 912-667-5235. 912-667-5235. Call Tony at Buley Oaks, B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. That's for you, Brian. Buley Oaks Home Improvement, 912-667-5235. All right, um, Hawks. Let me tell you guys about the Atlanta Hawks. This team just refuses, refuses to pick a side. I don't know if this team's good or not. I have no clue. They're 36-30 and 30 as I record this. They have Phoenix coming up. Um, Phoenix is playing out of their minds. Obviously, they're really, really good. Chris Paul is playing really well this year. Last week uh, on episode 64, I had a six seed for the Hawks. Spencer had a 3.5 seed for reference. Um, I'm going to give the Hawks this week. I'm going to give them a 5.5 seed. The Hawks are a 5.5 playoff seed ceiling, and that's the fact of the matter. Right now, if the playoffs started today, I believe they would be behind the Knicks. So right now, they're the five seed behind the Knicks. I don't know what what the Knicks have down the stretch, but I know that the Hawks get the benefit of playing the Wizards twice. They still get to play the Magic down the stretch, so they still have some very, very winnable games. Um, but the game against Phoenix tonight, it's already happened, if you're listening to this. Um, so that obviously is tough, tough game. But then you get Wizards twice, you get the Magic, you have some winnable games. So I think the Hawks can make... The four seed, maybe? Maybe? But I'm going to go with 5.5. 5.5 is my playoff seed for the Hawks, and that is the end of that. All right, I'm going to move you guys on to Spencer, but first a couple of notes from local area. Senior from Benedictine, Trent Rodnex won the 68th annual Ashley Deering Award. That's for the best three-sport athlete in the city. You have to be, you have to play football, basketball, and a spring sport to be eligible. It's a pretty prestigious award. Trent Broadneck, 68th Ashley Deering Award winner. Also from BC, also a senior, Carter Holton, the left-handed pitcher that we've talked about on this podcast plenty of times and will likely be a high draft pick in this summer's 2021 MLB draft. He pitched another perfect game. He pitched a perfect game in the second round of the state playoffs um, this past weekend for BC and I've never seen anything like this kid. If you haven't had a chance to see Carter Holton pitch, I would start Googling and looking up when he pitches again, which will be this weekend, I think, over at BC. He usually pitches game two of the best of three series. Um, He's something else, man. Two perfect games this year. I think a pair of no-hitters, sub one ERA. Uh, He also has like a dozen home runs hitting like 550 for the year. So definitely a star in the middle of Savannah that you're going to want to see this weekend at BC. Check him out, Carter Holton. And yeah, you can tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you too. All right, um, move you guys on to Spencer now. Episode 65 continues with him. Follow me on Twitter at Jadon Sports. Check us out on Twitter as a show at Podcast Grits. Instagram, The Hot Grits. And email us at hotgritspod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals.
All right, this is season four, episode 65. You just heard from Travis. Obviously, we're separated at this point. Um, we had some scheduling issues, but we still wanted to bring an episode to you guys. And I thought it would be fun if I got to do one solo episode. So here we are, baby. It's the no rules episode, baby. No big bad man bringing me down, you know? You get straight hot takes, and that's it. So we're going to talk. We're going to talk a little LeBron James, of course, because I hate this guy. Um, we'll get to some Caitlyn Jenner news, which everyone's been clamoring for. I mean, not at all. But uh, <laughs> And then we'll get to the Hawks at the end. And I actually don't know Travis's Hawk ceiling at this point. I think it was, I think he told me on the phone 5.5, which is such a rookie take, dude, you know? But all good. Let's get to LeBron, man. Let's get to LeBron. This guy can't get his foot out of his friggin' mouth. It's incredible. Right after the whole deleted tweet saga, he comes back and he says something just so asinine, so contradictory to what he has said in the past, which he was he was spot on last year when he mentioned that this play-in tournament is a good thing. It's a good thing for basketball. I understand not wanting to be in it, but it's a good thing. More competition is always a good thing in sports. It's never once not been a good thing. So to do a full 180 a year later where you're in day, you've had an up and down season and you're in danger of being in the play in tournament is a terrible, terrible look. And if you remove LeBron James name from those quotes, if you were to just put them on anonymous player X, and this guy says, let those guys fight it out. Because I believe that was a quote from last year. Let those guys fight it out. Let them play to see who's the best and who deserves to be in the playoffs. And then that same player turns around and says what LeBron James said this past week. And he said, I believe the exact quote was, I don't have it pulled up because Travis isn't here because I'm a child. All good, dude. But he says... Whoever came up with that shit should be fired. <laughs> just just apply that to player X, LeBron fans. Apply that to any other player, and do you like that guy? The answer is no. You, you, you say that guy is in the wrong 100 times out of 100, and LeBron was in the wrong here. But beyond that, he, he's bringing the wrong attitude to it as well, because... For LeBron, LeBron haters, this is his best chance. It may be his final best chance to do something incredibly miraculous and shut us up for good. If he were to take this Lakers team, along with AD, with the up and down season they've had, all the adversity, all the injuries, yada, 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 the narrative is perfect for him. He might find the Warriors in a 7-8 game. Beat them. You got the Steph versus LeBron narrative there. Boom. Then you're you're not an underdog possibly all the way through, but you're at least you don't have home court advantage. You go through the West without home court advantage. Boom. You make it to the NBA championship. Only to find KD, Kyrie, and James Harden waiting for you, assuming health. He gets another shot. At beating a dynastic team, because he whiffed, he whiffed whenever KD was on the Warriors. When, and I mean, that was a 
nearly unbeatable team, so it's it's understandable that he whiffed there. But he whiffed, nonetheless, and he gets another shot to do it this year. And if he does that, even as a Jordan Stan my fan, myself, he will be undoubtedly the greatest player to ever lace him up, in my mind. It's a really, really tall task, but he's got a chance, and he's got the wrong attitude already, in my mind. I mean, who am I? But in my mind. But LeBron is also off base when it comes to this play-in tournament. This play-in tournament is good for basketball. For a lot of these fan bases, the season's basically over by April. Hawks fans have lived through that recently. And I mean, just brutal, brutal, brutal seasons. And I've, I've made the joke a hundred times about how I'm the only Hawks fan I know. And that's because, I mean, who's, who's going to watch a 20-win team? But some of those 20-win teams now, the Washington Wizards, come to mind. They have something to play for. And that's really interesting to me. And that's, that keeps it fun and that keeps, it, that keeps the league fresh because it's gotten a little stale, hasn't it? Over the past few years, we've had these dynasties. It's gotten a little stale. So anything you can do for the NBA to keep it fresh, to keep more competition coming in, I think is a good thing. So LeBron's way off base there. Shocker. Somebody who's not off base. Never thought I would say this. My girl, Caitlyn Jenner. (laughs) Dude. What? First off, Caitlyn Jenner running for governor of California, which is nuts. What kind of world do we live in? I mean, what's going on here? I didn't even know that. Which is fine. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I would vote for her. I I don't typically vote in uh governor elections as you may know. I've gone on a don't vote campaign. I vote in my local elections. I vote sometimes. I just don't I typically don't talk about it, you know? Cuz so boring. And we've never, ever changed anyone's mind. No debate has ever changed anyone's mind. So you don't want to hear me talk about politics. I don't want to hear you talk about politics. But I do want to talk about Caitlyn Jenner. And here's the thing. Caitlyn Jenner comes out and says that trans women should not be allowed to play in women's sports. I believe she was talking specifically about the high school level. But you could, you could apply this to the entirety of women's sports. And she's entirely right. No talking heads want to touch this. I mean, it, to any rational person, she's in the right here. No talking heads want to touch this, though, because it's so inflammatory. And when, when people's emotions get involved, people tend to lose their damn job, man. And that's, that's just how it is. So, and I'm not, I'm not scared of getting canceled. Your boy will talk about it. Your boy will talk about Caitlyn Jenner being in the right here. And she's come under fire from uh, trans groups. And I don't know the right verbiage there, or the right word is there, trans groups. That can't possibly be it. But we'll keep it rolling. She's come under fire by trans groups, basically saying that she's not our leader. She doesn't speak for us. And that may be the case. But it's important to know that she's right here. And this is, this is an important talking point because we're going to have to get this out of the way at some point. 
we have to approach these discussions that no one knows the right answer to with a level of rationality. And while sports is not, con- not as consequential as someone's rights, someone's ability to live their life and be happy and do what they want to do, it's not as important. But if we can get past that first little barrier, maybe we can have a discussion with some rational thought and we can approach the more serious things with some rational thought. So I don't know. Kudos to you, Caitlyn Jenner. I thought that was awesome. And uh, I mean, I never thought I'd be saying that. What a world, huh? Caitlyn Jenner running for governor. (laughs) I don't know, dude. I don't know. I I guess weirder things have happened, but I can't think of one right now. So I'll give you guys my hawk ceiling in just a second. And then after that, we'll go into the outlook for the remainder of the season. Uh, what I think about them in the playoffs. You know, we'll, we'll dive in. But first, I wanted to tell you about my guy, Carl Damasi and PrepSportsReport.com. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports coverage for more than 20 years and continues to celebrate youth athletes in the Coastal Empire to this day. The Prep Sports Report gives you daily updates on the many outstanding student athletes in our area on PrepSportsReport.com. They've got news stories every day about teams and athletes in every sport, led by, again, my guy, local legend Carl DeMossi. The Prep Sports Report gives you fans and parents what they want. Positive stories celebrating the athletes, coaches, and supporters who are making a difference in the Coastal Empire sports. So visit PrepSportsReport.com and find the Prep Sports Report on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter, at PrepSAV. You gotta love it, baby. You gotta love it. The Hawks have got a four-seed ceiling, and I'll tell you why. Julius Randle and the Knicks, it's a good story. I don't believe they're real. And, man, I hope that doesn't bite me in the ass because they really could make a run. But I don't, I don't believe that they're real. They don't have – Julius Randle's having a, a top five play. He's, he's having a top five season, no doubt. But after that, the, the roster falls off. And, I mean, R.J. Barrett's been great. Uh, Emmanuel quickly is having a – Rookie of the year type year, but he's not, I mean, he's not going to be rookie of the year. But you can't really rely on a rookie to be a main contributor throughout, I wouldn't think. Um, And RJ, we haven't seen RJ Barrett in the playoffs. We haven't seen really Julius Randle in the playoffs. So, so many question marks there. A lot of the same question marks, honestly, that I've got for the Hawks. But I think the Hawks are a deeper team. And not only that, but the Knicks have got one of the toughest remaining schedules in basketball. And... Obviously, that can change quickly with injuries, but as of now, I would say the Hawks are the favorite to surpass the Knicks and move into the four seed, and I'm probably the only person that's going to say that because, I mean, heavy Knicks praise, and it makes sense. They're a big market team, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of reason for them to... It's good for basketball that they're doing well. I'll say that, uh, but let's get into the Hawks. My Hawks have had a weird season, though. Uh, I won't lie to you, it has been a roller coaster. Ever since ever since Lloyd Pierce get fired gets fired, uh, it's been mostly positive. But the injuries, man, the injuries have been tough to stomach. Uh, we had one where Trey Young went down, we thought he was done for the year whenever it happened. And uh I was depressed 
for probably two days after it. Um, but things are looking up. We've got we're mostly healthy. This is the healthiest we've been all year. Really, only missing DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish at this point. Cam Reddish is done for the year, for for all Ooh. intents and purposes. Maybe we see him in an emergency depth role in the in the postseason, but I seriously doubt it. DeAndre Hunter is more concerning though, um, mostly because he was having a breakout season. He'd started to look like a two way star in the making, um, possibly the best player on the defensive end, other than Clint Capella. Uh, definitely the best player on the perimeter, high minutes perimeter player um, on defense, but also as a running mate to Trey Young. And that's huge. Uh, when you look at Trey Young's trajectory, he's gonna need he's gonna need a a teammate like DeAndre Hunter to cover up for his defensive deficiencies, if you will, the same way Steph Curry has in Golden State. Steph doesn't win those championships without Clay. He doesn't win those championships without Draymond. Probably he doesn't win those those championships with without exactly those two players. Probably. So that's important for the long-term outlook of this team. What's even more frustrating is that the Hawks probably have the best roster if you look at three through eight of any of the teams in, in playoff contention. And they, a healthy Hawks team, I got to tell you, is a scary, scary opponent. But they're not healthy, and they haven't been all year. So we've done this we've done this Hawk ceiling update because I mean Travis said it best. I, I can tell he said I can tell that I'm gonna be all over the map on this team going forward, and that's what we've done. We've said we're not changing the ceiling all year, and that's been the joke. And I mean, my God, I still have no idea where they sit. We still haven't seen a healthy Hawks team. I think from what I've seen when they play their best, they're a legitimate contender. They're probably a, a superstar away. But they, they could win a playoff series. A healthy Hawks team with all those veterans, with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Are you kidding me? Danilo Gallinari, John Collins, Clay Capella. I mean, you go down the list, this team is stacked. And yes, they probably don't have the top-of-the-line talent. Trey hasn't played like the best player on a championship team this year. And the Hawks need him to be that player. Let's be real. If they're going to win a championship, they need him to be a transcendent talent regardless of the depth on this team. But I don't think anybody in the East wants to see the Hawks. I know teams like Philly and the Bucks don't want to see the Hawks. So it'll be interesting heading into the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see if DeAndre Hunter will come back before the playoffs because that's, I mean, that's really the only chance they have of making the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I will say that I have a solid amount of money on them at good odds, obviously. But, Hawks fans, we have a real reason to be excited with this team. The roster construction is impressive, to say the least. Um, The fact that they've been able to get good so quickly and really set themselves up for the future. And who knows if they bring back John Collins next year. Who knows what Cam Reddish will be. Who knows if DeAndre Hunter will ever be the player that we saw this year. But to say that things are looking up is an understatement. And there's a real path to contention now, which is something we haven't been able to say in years. So Hawks fans rejoice. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Um, LeBron, man, get out of here, you know? Get the hell out of here with this play-in game is bad for the game. Bullshit. 
Also, don't don't say people need to get fired, you know? Especially when you've never worked a real job in your life in the middle of a pandemic. Asshole. Anyways, this is a weird episode, man. But I had fun talking into uh, my reflection. <laughs> I had fun. I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I know me and Trav did. It's uh, that's that's it for episode sixty-five. Though tune in next week. Travis and I will be back. We'll have our normal rapport where we're talking to each other. We're making the same stupid jokes over and over and over again. And thank you so much for listening. This has been a crazy ride. We're on episode sixty-six next week. Um, very close to our mark of 80 episodes. Um, until then, find me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. I swear to God, y'all always forget the underscore, dude. It's brutal. I'm trying to, I'm trying to grow my Twitter, man. My Twitter game is strong, dude, but I want more people on there. Find us at the hot grits on Instagram. And, uh, normally this is the time where Travis says, stay safe, wash your hands, you filthy animals. And I'll say, Peace.